Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture, we're going to move on to debits and credits, and we're going to look at those familiar journal entries that we looked at in previous lectures, and we posted these journal entries in terms of the accounting equation. Now we're going to move on to posting similar journal entries in a similar way, going through kind of repetition in order to learn this stuff. We need, we need to do the repetition to really get this stuff. There's going to be a new factor within the transactions, and that factor will be that we are now moving to debits and credits rather than just posting it to the accounting equation. Debits and credits are going to be a more efficient way to post these and a more efficient way to use the double entry accounting system than is just the accounting equation. And we'll see that as we go. The debits and credits are going to be the building blocks that we're going to use in order to make a trial balance. We're going to make the trial balance in order to help us make the financial statements. We're going to do a familiar process here. We're going to go through this by kind of cycle or by accounts. And that's going to let you focus in on specific accounts and learn those specific transactions related to those accounts rather than just having random transactions by date. So we're going to specialize these things and put them into, we're going to first focus on transactions involving cash. Why? Because cash is the first account that really people get grasp of, get hold of, because cash is going to be involved in many different transactions. Therefore, it's good to learn cash first and learn it right because that'll help you with a lot of many other transactions and many other cycles. Then we'll learn the two main cycles, and that's going to be the accounts receivable cycle or the revenue cycle, and then the accounts payable cycle or the payable cycle. And those are going to be the most two common cycles that we'll have, and we'll look at the transactions in relation to those cycles. And then we're going to discuss what's going to happen to assets, what's going to happen to liabilities, what's going to happen to the equity section, what's going to happen to net income as we post these journal entries. So one we want to see what the trial balance is. Then we want to uh, make these journal entries in accordance with a set of rules so that we don't mislearn something. And that's going to be a big piece. We don't want to mislearn it. Then we want to see what the effect of those journal entries are on the trial balance. And that's really important to really understand this stuff. Otherwise, we're just rogue memorizing and we're not really comprehending. And that'll be a lot more difficult for us to really grasp things in the long run. And then we'll break down the discussion of what's happening to the groups of accounts in terms of total assets, liabilities, equity, the accounting equation, and income, net income, the income statement. I'm going to go through a series of questions every time we work through these problems, and I highly recommend starting off with a series of questions every time. You're going to start to just memorize transactions, and that'll just come naturally, but go through the series of questions because it's going to reduce the likelihood for problems to happen. For example, Everybody's taken math classes, and I'm sure everybody's had an instance where we've learned a rule that applies in one area but doesn't apply across the board. And if we learn that type of rule and, it, and we don't know where it doesn't apply, we don't know the concept of it, then it's really hard to unlearn rules like that. And a lot of people have that issue with the idea of a credit because when we deal with a bank or something like that, they will often use a credit in terms that will be different than we will use the credit. So when we're using credits, remember, and, and that's because basically the bank is talking about their books. So when they talk about a credit, they're really talking about their half of the credit. So it makes sense that they are using it in the proper sense in that format. But we start to thinking about credits as something different than what they will be when we post them to the trial balance. So we'll, we'll take a look at the trial balance in a second. But the series of questions I'm going to ask every time, and I recommend doing this even though it's tedious, every time on this beginning area and then you can move away from it first the question is cash affected 
I'm going to ask that every transaction, even if we're not working on the cash transactions, uh, because cash is going to be affected most on, on many transactions, many more times than any other type of account. So like 75% of the time, we're going to have one of the accounts affected will be cash. Therefore, we're going to get a hold on cash sooner than other accounts. Cash is also easier for us to visualize. If it goes up or down, easy to, easy to visualize. Did we get cash or did we, you know, is cash going out? So we know if it's going up or down. And once we know what cash is doing, then we know that there's some other account that's going to be affected. And it's a lot easier for us to know what the other account is doing. So we're going to say, is cash affected? If it is, then is cash going up or down? And uh, so if it's going up or down, that's easy for us to recognize. Either we're getting cash or we are paying cash. And then if it's going up, then we're going to have this same series of questions as every other. we got to memorize that cash is an asset. Assets have a normal debit balance. And if it's going up, we're going to do the same thing to it, which in this case would be another debit. So I'll go through that series of questions a bunch of times. And then if it's a debit and there's only two, trans two accounts in the transaction, which almost all the accounts we're starting off will be, whatever other account we're hitting is going to have to be a credit. That's going to be the idea of the transaction. And if cash is going down, then if cash is going out of the company, then we're going to say, okay, because cash is an asset, assets have debit balances. If I want to make something go down, I do the opposite thing to it. In that case, we would be crediting cash. And therefore, if we're crediting cash, then we're going to have to debit whatever other account is in the transaction. So we'll see this in practice as we go through. And then, of course, if we go back up to the, to the start, if we say cash is not affected, then I would ask, okay, what are we receiving? probably the easiest way to think about it. So if, for example, if we're getting supplies, but we didn't pay cash for it, I would first think about the supplies because they're an asset and we've had experience with cash was an asset rather than thinking about the liability. What's going to happen with the liability because we bought it on credit probably. So we'll get to that as we go. So first we're just going to look through some transactions here. I want to first visualize the, uh, the trial balance. So we're going to have a list of accounts. Remember a trial balance just means that we have a list of accounts. Our accounts are going to be in order by the accounting equation, assets, liabilities, equity, and then the income statement, income and expenses. And then we're going to imagine our T, we've got our big red T in the middle, and we're going to put our normal balances. So these are going to be the, not the detail of the accounts, but the normal balance, what the end result is. You can think of it as this is the, the side that wins all the time, depending on what type of account is. For example, Assets, I'm going to imagine them to be green. They're going to be debit balances on the left side of the T. So I'm going to imagine them green on the left side of the T. What does it mean that like cash is an asset on the left side of the T? That means that the debits always win. So cash is going to have debits and credits in there. But it's like a horse race that we already, we already know what's going to win. The debits are going to win. There's going to be more debits than credits. And therefore, uh, if we credit cash, it's going to make it go down because cash is, the debits are going to win by less so that's going to be the the idea what type of assets are there we've got the green accounts on the left hand side of the t accounts and these assets are going to include cash is an asset accounts receivable is an asset debit balance supply is an asset debit balance green accounts uh, land and equipment are going to be uh, debit balances green accounts we're not going to get into um, contra assets right now which would include accumulated depreciation then we've got liabilities i'm going to imagine them as yellow and on the T and the big red T, they're going to be on the right-hand side, which is the credit side. So they're going to be on the credit side. And the only account that we're really going to deal with right now that's a liability is going to be accounts payable. 
kind of like a credit card. That's what we owe kind of like on the credit card. You can think about it at this point. So it's going to have a normal balance of a credit. And so just like we said on the debits, so the account's payable, we know who's going to win the horse race. And this, in this case, the credit's always going to win. The credit always wins. So we're going to debit and we're going to credit the account's payable, but the credit's always going to win. Therefore, it's going to have a credit balance and debits to that account will then make it go down. Why? Because it's making the credit win by less. <laughs> and then, and then we're going to have the capital account. Now, this is different than the total equity. When we think about the accounting equation, we think of all of equity in one jumble. But right now, we're breaking out equity. We're going to break it out between the, the uh, owner's capital account, which is the beginning balance of equ equity for the most part, and then the income statement, which is revenue and expenses, which is all part of equity. So the capital account is really kind of like the beginning capital account. And I want you to think of that as the kind of a bright blue, a really bright blue. And it's actually going to be a credit. Because remember, that's what the company as a separate entity owes to the owner. It's going to be a bright blue credit. So that's what's owed to the owner. And then we have the other piece of the capital account. When we think about the uh, balance sheet, what's in the equity section, what's also included in the equity section. Remember, how is the income statement related to the equity section? Uh, it's, it's part of the equity section. It's going to be in the capital account. So revenue and expenses then are part of equity. So if we think about a big giant T, we then have revenue under the equity section. We're talking about the income statement now. It's just all in one line here, one trial balance. And we can call it revenue. We can call it income. We can call it sales. I'm going to think of it as a darker blue because it's part of equity, but it's going to be broken out in its own section. And revenue is going to increase the total equity. So it's going to have a credit as well. It's a darker blue. It's going to be on the right side of the T account. It's going to be a credit. And then we've got all the expenses, which could be like wages or utilities or supplies. And these are going to be debits. So they're part of equity. Equity having a credit balance total. Expenses brings down equity. So expenses are going to be the decrease kind of to the equity account. And they're going to be debits. So we're imagining our giant T account on the debit side. We've got the expenses at the bottom of our trial balance. Now, if we think about the income statement, this gives us a nice, easy way to calculate the income statement. How, what's net income? It's going to be revenue of a credit and minus all the debits related to the expenses. And that's going to give us what net income is. So if we think about a transaction, then we're going to say, okay, how about we performed work for cash uh, and received 50000 at that same point in time? So we did work and we got cash at that point in time of 50000 Cash could be a check, obviously, too. We're including everything in cash at this point. Going through our series of questions, is cash affected? We're going to say, yeah, it's affected. We got cash of 50000 Now we're going to go through our series of questions. The question is going to be, first, is, is cash a debit or credit balance? We're going to say it's a debit. And we're going to say, did it go up or down is the second question. It went up. We got more cash. And how do we make something go up? So this is, this is the thing that is most difficult for most people to remember. How do we make any account go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is. So, ca so the uh, cash is an asset. Assets have debit balances. The same thing as a debit is another debit. The opposite would be a credit. We're going to debit the debit. That means the debits are going to win by more. That's how we increase cash. So cash is going to be a debit to cash. And then we think about the right-hand side, every transaction is going to have a, at least one debit, at least one credit. We're only going to have really two accounts on most of these transactions. So we already know now that the other side is going to have to be a credit of 50000 If there's only two accounts and we debited cash, we know the other side is going to be a credit of 50000 The only question is, what account are we going to do? What account are we going to post it to? 
And if we have, we, I would always, always have a trial balance in front of you or visualized in your head and look through that trial balance and say, okay, what, you know, why did we get cash? Well, we earned it. We did work. We earned cash. So what's the account that represents us earning cash? That's going to be revenue or income or sales, depending on how we're going to name it. It's going to be right under the capital count if we think about it, the order of the counts, because it's going to be it's going to be in this order: assets, liabilities, equity, and then the income statement, revenue and expenses. So, and we know that uh, we're going to have to credit revenue. Now, revenue is an interesting account. It's it only goes one way. It really only goes up, and it goes up in the credit direction. So, if we were to look at a trial balance on revenue, we'd say, okay, it's revenue. There's revenue. Does it have a debit or credit balance? It's got a credit balance. How do I make something go up? We do the same thing to it, which in this case would be another credit. So we're going to credit revenue. Now you can also think that revenue is pretty much always going to be credited. A client only pays us. We never, we never non-earn revenue. I can't dis-earn revenue. I could, I could have a job and mess up on it and then incur an expense <laughs> related to the job. But revenue only goes one way. So we're always going to credit revenue. So if we got cash uh, for work that we did, we're going to debit cash, increasing, increasing cash. We're going to credit revenue, increasing revenue. Notice one, cash and revenue are not the same thing. This, this journal entry has cash and revenue in the same journal entry. Cash is what we got paid in. Revenue is the fact that we earned it. Uh, that's one thing that, to keep in mind because I, I see that as a common kind of mistake that, that people have. Now we can ask the question, okay, what's going to be the effect on our group of, of, of accounts? So assets, of course, went up. Why? Because cash went up. Cash went up, bringing the assets up. Liabilities, no effect to liabilities. So this is going to be like our counting equation, no effect on the liabilities. What about the, in, the owner's equity? Well, owner's equity is going to go up because net income went up. Net income went up, increasing, well, revenue went up, increasing net income. Net income increased uh, equity in our accounting equation. So if we thought back to our accounting equation, we'd have assets went up and then owner's equity went up. Okay, next transaction. We're going to say, what if we paid an employee or employees wages for $30,000? What's going to be the transaction? First question, is cash affected? We're going to say, yeah, cash is affected. We paid the employees with cash. We're not going to be dealing with payroll taxes right here. We're going to simplify transaction. We just paid them $30,000 for the work they have done. So cash is affected. Next question, uh, is cash a debit or credit balance? Well, it's an asset, has a debit balance. All assets generally have debit balances. How, did, next question, did it go up or down? Well, it went down for us. We paid it. We're not the employee. It went up for the employee. It went down for us. And notice the relation there. An ex, you know, expense from one company is income to the other person. So it's obvious income to the, to the uh, employee. It's an expense to us. So cash is going down. How do I make something go down? Anything goes down by us doing the opposite thing to it as what it is. So the asset of cash has a debit balance. The opposite of a debit is a credit. So if I want cash to go down, we're going to credit cash. So notice that, that the credit always goes on the bottom. So even though, uh, it, so I'm going to put the credit on the bottom and that's kind of a general rule. Like later on, we'll kind of break that rule. If we only get to complicated journal entries, we'll do whatever makes sense to make us know what's happening but as a general rule especially when there's two accounts we put the credit on the bottom so i'm going to start with the credit even though it's on the bottom because i want to think about cash first that makes it easier so i'm going to put the credit on the bottom cash is on the bottom it's got a credit if our journal entry now we need a debit so we're imagining a debit side on our little t when we're making our journal entries so so we're going to have a debit of thirty thousand 
and we have to have a debit of 30,000 because if there's only two accounts involved and we credited cash 30,000, we must then be debiting something else for 30,000. Question being, what is that account that we're going to debit? Now, if we have our trial balance either in front of us or if we imagine the trial balance here, we look through our chart of accounts and we say, okay, what's going to be related to wages? The chart of accounts isn't that tricky. We, we kind of name things like it makes sense. And we probably would see, ah, oh, wages expense or payroll expense. That's going to be the account that's going to be debited. It's going to be wages expense. Now, we already know it's going to be debited. Wages expense is going to be debited. Why? Because we credited cash. But let's think through it now. We say, does that make sense that we debit wages expense? Well, wages expense has a debit balance. And the expense is it going up. So the expenses always go up. So they only go one way, just like the revenue. Like the employees never pay us, obviously. We only pay the employees. It only goes one way. So expenses always go up. And how do I make something go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is. Wages is a debit. Therefore, we're going to debit it in order for it to go up. So that's going to be that. If we think about the accounting equation, then assets, liabilities, and equity, what happened to assets? Well, cash is an asset and cash went down. So assets decreased. What happened to liabilities? Nothing. The only liability is payable right now. Nothing happened to it. What happened to owner's equity? Well, owner's equity uh, is going to have to go down if, ca if assets went down. And why is that the case? Because expenses, the bad thing that's kind of part of owner's equity, went up. That means net income went down. And that means that total equity goes down. Next one, we're going to say cash paid for utilities this time. So we're going to pay cash for the utilities. So first question, is cash affected? And we're going to say, well, yeah, we paid cash for the utilities. So is cash going up or down? Cash is going down. Does cash have a debit or credit balance? Cash has a debit balance because it's an asset. How do I make something go down then? We do the opposite thing to it what, as what it is. So if, if cash is an asset with a debit balance to make it go down, we do the opposite, which then would be a credit. So we're going to credit cash in this case. So if we think about our, our journal entry then, our little t account related to the journal entry, we're going to say that we're going to have cash and we're going to put cash on the bottom because credits usually go on the bottom. So we're going to start with cash, even though it's on the bottom because cash is the easiest thing to talk about. We're going to put it on a credit at the bottom then we're going to have to debit something on top of cash. It's going to have to be another account on top of cash related to our journal entry. It's also going to be for the same amount, 860 in this case. So if we credit 860, we're going to debit something for 860. We just now need to know what it is. What do we pay cash for again? Supplies. Okay. <laughs> so if we look through our chart of accounts for something that says supplies, we can probably find it. Now, now my chart of accounts has supplies up here right after accounts receivable so it's a cash accounts receivable then supplies and those are all in the asset area so notice if we have a chart of accounts in front of us or a trial balance it'll kind of tell us what what type of account it is we can say ah that's up in the asset area now you might be saying why isn't it an expense and the supplies oftentimes is going to lead us into the kind of the inventory so if you think about large purchases of supplies it's it's something that we purchased that we have not yet used so I always think about like purchasing a large amount of, of printer ink or something. And it's, it's like a year's supply of printer ink. It's in the corner. And we haven't yet used it though. So for accrual purposes, we shouldn't expense it until they're consumed. Just like an inventory, we shouldn't expense the inventory and cost to get sold until we sell the inventory. So that's going to be a similar fashion. Now, if you were buying supplies like, uh, like uh, staples or something like that, if you bought a year's supply of staples and it only cost $50, 
then we would just expense it probably because of materiality factors. We'd say, okay, that's not worth me uh, putting on and, and taking off in this way. But if it's large supplies, then we should apply this accrual principle, putting it on there just like we would an inventory, counting it at the end of the time period, and then uh, writing it off. Therefore, the debit's going to go to supplies. Now, let's think of that. It makes sense. We know it's going to be a debit because we credited cash. Let's think it through. Supplies is a debit because it's an asset. How do I make something? And it went up because we got more of it. How do I make something go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is, which in this case would be another debit. So we debited supplies 860. We credited cash for 860. If we think about our assets equal liabilities plus equities, we would say, well, what happened to assets? Now, this is like the trickiest one that demonstrates why the debits and credits are more uh, efficient than using the accounting equation in some ways. So you probably are saying, well, the asset went down because cash went down. And that's true. But the supplies went up and supplies is also an asset. Therefore, the asset went down and up and there's no effect then. So it canceled each other out. We got we lost one asset. and We got another asset. We paid one asset to receive another asset. So that means there's no effect there. What about liabilities? No effect there. What about owner's equity? No effect there. So notice what happens in our accounting equation. Nothing. And that's that's why it's not quite as efficient because something clearly did happen and the debits and credits will kind of record that where the accounting equation will not. We're not going to move to accounts receivable or the revenue cycle. So we're going to do transactions that are going to be related to the accounts receivable in this case rather than just being related to cash. Now cash will make an appearance of course, but we're looking at the transactions that are focused in on the receivable process. This is going to be really helpful to look at. You should really start to think about things in terms of processes rather than just kind of memorizing transactions outside of a process because it will be much easier to do so. All right, so now we're going to say uh, if we performed work, but instead of getting cash, we performed it, I'm going to say on account. And what on account means, and you're going to have to get used to whatever kind of book or terminology you're using. It means that we did the work and we're going to get paid in the future. And so you're going to, and in real life, obviously we would know this. I would be in an industry and I'd say, oh, okay, this is the type of industry if I'm doing bookkeeping where I bill the client and then they're going to send a check in the mail. I would know that. If you're talking about a book problem, they're going to have to tell you that in some way. And some books are less articulate in that in, in, as others. Some books will say that they did, they did work on account. So that means you didn't get cash. You did work. You didn't get cash. Okay, so we're going to go through our questions then. We're going to say, well, is cash affected? And we're going to say, no, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get cash because we did work, but we didn't get the cash. So what did we get? And on an accrual sense, we did get something. We got an IOU. We've got the obligation for them to pay us based on the agreement that we had. So we did work. We did bookkeeping. We did the bookkeeping. We billed the client. We've done our job. And therefore, they owe us, the ca owe us money in the future or some type of payment just as would be owed if we were an employee and we didn't work for somebody, they owe us that money. Now, when I say this to a lot of students, when we first start off, they, they, they really don't like recording an asset and then we're going to record revenue related to work that uh, we haven't received the cash for because it can seem like we are basically counting our eggs before they've hatched in some ways. But uh, note that on an accrual basis, we have earned the cash and later on, we're going to talk about the idea that we will have to account for any kind of payments that we do not believe are collectible. We'll have to basically adjust for that in some way. So if that's something that kind of bothers people, 
we are on accrual basis. We're going to record the revenue when we've earned it. That's an accrual principle. It really makes really good sense to do it that way in a lot of ways because it, it helps with comparability and matching. Uh, but it, it can lead to areas where we basically end up overstating uh, the revenue and let, until we make an adjustment for it to make some kind of estimate for it. So in any case, bear with us on that. We have, an, we have the accounts receivable as an asset and the asset is going to go up. So we're going to say, go through our series of questions. Uh, account receivable is going to go up. How do I make something go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is. Accounts receivable is an asset. Assets have debit balances. Therefore, the same thing of a debit is another debit. We're going to debit the accounts receivable. So accounts receivable is going to be right after cash too. On the trial balance, we look at we look at the trial balance it's going to have cash and then accounts receivable. It's our second favorite asset. Why? Because it indicates that we're going to get paid soon. It indicates that we, we haven't got paid yet but we're assuming we're going to get paid shortly, therefore our second favorite asset. Okay, so we're going to debit account. So if we think about our journal entry, we got accounts receivable. We're going to put that on the debit side of our journal entry T account. We're going to have one other account that's affected. That other account then must be a credit. So we just need to determine which account is going to be credited now. If we look at our trial balance and ask our questions, which, why are people going to pay us money in the future? Because we did work. We earned it. We earned the money. Therefore, um, we're gonna we earned it, and that's revenue. So the revenue we could call it revenue, we could call it income, we could call it sales, but it's gonna be something that's gonna be below the capital account in the income section. And uh, we already know that we're gonna credit it because we debited the receivable. But if we think through it, we're gonna say, okay, well, how about the income? Does it have a debit or credit? And it has a credit. We're visualizing the blue credits on the right hand side of that giant T in our in our trial balance, and uh, it's going up because we earned more revenue. How do we make something go up? We do the same thing to it, which in this case would be another credit. And you can also just remember that income always goes up. It's very rare. We'll find exceptions to any rule in the future, but income generally always goes up. Customers pay us. We don't pay the customer. And uh, that's it's, it's going to go up all the time. All right. How about our accounting equation? We're going to say assets. Assets are going up because the receivable is an asset. It, it went up. What about the liabilities? No effect on the liabilities. And our only liability at this point being accounts payable. How about owner's equity? Owner's equity is going up. Why? Because income went up. Income minus expenses is net income. Therefore, net income went up. And net income is part of the equity section in our account equation. Therefore, equity went up. Okay, next transaction. We're going to say we received cash on account. So now we got the cash related to the transaction we did last time. We got the 60000 in this case, where is our example number for the transaction we did last time. Now, again, in, in real life, we would know what happened. We'd say, okay, we got a check in the mail. But that's what I want you to imagine here. We got a check in the mail. Anytime you hear something that says, like, on account, that means that we didn't do the work at the same time, in this case, as we got the money. We got the money after we, got the, we did the work. So we probably did the work. And then we send out an invoice saying, hey, you owe us money for the work we did. And then we got the invoice. Then we got the cash in the mail. So that's what we are imagining here. We're going to go through our series of questions. We're going to say, is cash affected? We're going to say, yeah, we received cash. So received is going to be our key word there. And therefore, we got cash. Is cash going up or down? Well, we received it. It's going up. Does cash have a debit or credit balance? Cash has a debit balance because it's an asset. How do we make any account go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is. Cash is an asset. 
Uh, it has a debit, therefore the same thing would be another debit. So we're gonna debit cash, we think about our transaction, we're gonna have our two accounts affected, one's gonna be cash, we're gonna put it on top, we're gonna put 60,000 in the debit side of the transaction, and then we're gonna say that we're gonna credit some other account. So I can put in the number right now, I can say we're gonna credit 60,000 to some other account, and then we just need to know what other account it is. So if we look at our trial balance, we're gonna say, okay, what other account is gonna be affected? And you might be saying, uh, well, if I ask the question, why did they pay us 60000 You would say, well, we earned it. We did work. We earned it. And then you might that might lead you to say, well, we should credit revenue. But we can't credit revenue because we credited revenue last time when we sent out the invoice. We, we credited revenue on an accrual basis when we earned it. And therefore, we can't credit revenue again. What are we going to credit? We're going to credit that receivable. That receivable being the asset. That asset right under the cash account. The asset representing money that is owed to us. So we had a receivable of a debit of 60000 We know that we're going to credit it. What's that going to do to the receivable? Well, we know that uh, if we do the opposite to something, it will make it go down. A receivable is an asset. We, assets have debit balances. We know that we're going to credit that asset, which is the opposite of a debit. And if we do the opposite to something, it will go down. If we think about that the other way, we could say, okay, does it make sense to credit the receivable? We've got 60, we've got a receivable as an asset. We need to make that receivable go down. Why? Because they no longer owe us the money anymore. They paid it off. Therefore, we're going to have to do the opposite thing to it as what it is. Uh, the receivable has a debit balances. What's the opposite of a debit? A credit. So we're going to credit the receivable to go down. So in essence, we got one asset and we lost the other asset. We got a better asset lost the worser asset. <laughs> so we got cash and we lost the receivable. Okay, so what happened to the accounting equation? Uh, assets. You might be saying, well, assets went up because we got cash. But this is that weird one where assets also went down because we lost the receivable in this case. So this is another transaction which is kind of funny when we look at the accounting equation because assets have no change, although assets really kind of changed twice. Two asset accounts changed. Cash went up, receivable went down. How about liabilities? No effect. Nothing happened to accounts payable in this case. How about owner's equity? No effect. No, nothing happened to net, to net income. Nothing happened to revenue. Why? Because it happened last time when we, when we earned the money. This time, all that happened is they paid off what was owed. All right, next transaction, we're going to say performed work on account for 27000 So this is going to be the same thing, and the revenue cycle is going to repeat here. So just to give an example of a couple types of transactions in there, we're going to say the same thing's going to happen. And um, is cash affected? In this case, no. Why? Because we did the work on account. We like did the bookkeeping or whatever work we did. We sent out the invoice. We haven't got the cash yet. Therefore, we're going to debit what we did get. The second best thing, the, the account right under cash, the asset right under cash, accounts receivable. Accounts receivable is an asset account. It has a debit balance. We're going to make it go up by doing the same thing to it as what it is. A debit, the same thing as a debit, is a debit. So we're going to debit the receivable. Our transaction, we got, we got uh, the debit of 27000 two accounts receivable on top. So we're imagining our transaction, accounts receivable, debit side of our account, 27000 Then we're going to credit something for 27000 because every transaction is going to have at least two accounts affected, and all of these transactions only have two accounts. We're going to have one debit and one credit. We're going to credit something for 27000 Why are people going to pay us 27000 Because we earned it, and therefore we're going to credit revenue. Where is revenue? It's right under the, the equity section on our trial balance. Assets, liabilities, owner's equity, 
revenue than expenses. Now we already know that revenue is going to go up with a credit. We're going to, we already know that we're going to credit revenue. So what does that do to revenue? Well, revenue has a credit balance. And if we credit a credit balance account, we're doing the same thing to it as what it is, making revenue go up. And notice revenue only gets credited. We only make revenue go up. Revenue only goes one way. It always goes up. What happens to our accounting equation? Assets. Well, it's going to go up because we increased accounts receivable, which is an asset. Liabilities. Nothing happened because we didn't do anything to accounts payable. How about our owner's equity? Owner's equity is going to go up. Why? Because revenue went up. Revenue minus expenses is net income. Therefore, net income went up. And net income is part of equity. Therefore, the equity went up as well. Okay, and then we're gonna, I'm going to say another time we're going to perform work on account again for 32000 And I'm just giving some repetition of a similar transaction because these are the same type of transactions that are always going to happen. So uh, if we look at our chart of accounts, we're going to say, is cash affected? We're going to say no because we did work on account for 32000 here. And what did we get instead? We got accounts receivable. Someone owes us money. Therefore, what are we going to do to accounts receivable? Well, accounts receivable is an asset. Assets have debit balances. We need to make it go up. Therefore, we're going to do the same thing to it, which in this case would be another debit. So we got the $27,000 we're going to, that was already in there. We're going to debit it by $32,000. Now our accounts receivable account has $59,000 in it because we had we sent out basically two invoices. So those last two invoices, one for $27,000, one for $32,000, mean that two different clients owe us $59,000 at this point. All right, what's the other side going to go to? Why are people going to pay us $32,000? Because we did work and we earned it, the other side is going to go to income. So same transaction, income is going to go up, income always goes up, income has a credit balance, we're going to make it go up by doing the same thing to it, which is another credit. So same transaction, we debit accounts receivable, making the asset go up, we credit the revenue, making the income go up, counting equation, assets are increasing because of the accounts receivable, no effect on liabilities, equity is going up because income went up, making net income go up, making the equity go as well last trend we're going to say we received cash on account for twenty-seven thousand. okay we received cash on account we're going to say is cash affected yeah we received cash did cash go up or down well we received it therefore it's going up and so how do i make cash go up cash is an asset cash has a debit balance the way we make something go up is we do the same thing to it as what it is therefore we're going to debit cash so if we think about our transaction we're going to say cash is going to be on top. Cash is going to be in the debit side. There's going to only be two accounts. So there's going to be one debit, one credit. Cash is going up $27,000. We are going to credit something for $27,000. Now, we only need to know what we're going to credit. And you might be asking, if we ask the question, why are people paying us $27,000? You might say because uh, we earned it. And, then, and that might lead you to think that it's revenue again. But remember, it's not revenue this time because we got paid on account, meaning we got paid this time period for work that was done in a prior time period and we had already recorded the revenue in a prior time period and we already recorded that other account called accounts receivable representing the fact that people owe us money so we had accounts receivable on the books at 59,000 representing two transactions and we are now crediting it by 27,000 uh, indicating that one transaction that had been paid so what's happening to accounts receivable Accounts receivable is a debit balance account. We're making it go down with a credit. And so it's going to go down. And it goes down to, in this case, 32000 
And the reason I want to make that point is because this is always what's going to happen with account statement. You look at the account statement general ledger, it, this, it's always going to happen this way. If we just look at the receivable activity, it, we're going to send out invoices, it's going to be debited, debited for the invoices, and then when we get paid, when we get the check in the mail, we're going to get a credit that will be related to those invoices that we sent out. And it, so account receivables is going to go up for amounts that people owe us with a debit, and then it's going to go down for the amounts that people don't, uh, you know, people uh, have paid us. So in this case, people still owe us that that thirty-two thousand. We have not yet received that invoice, so that's still on the books. What's going to happen to our accounting equation? What happens to assets? Well, you might say, well, cash went up, therefore they should be going up. However, we also know that accounts receivable, an asset, went down. So what really happened is we got one asset, we got cash, a better asset, and we lost the other asset being accounts receivable, the money that's owed to us. We will now take a look at accounts payable transactions. So we're going to go through the payroll payables section, we're going to go through it in a similar way as we did with cash. We looked at cash transactions, we looked at the receivable transactions, the sales transactions, now we're looking at payables. Much of the payables will involve some cash. Cash will be involved in some of the journal entries, but not all of the journal entries. So we're going to go through a similar set of questions as we have through the rest of the processes. So first one, we're going to say transaction. Purchase supplies on account for $965. Okay, so first question, is cash affected? And in this case, we're going to say it's not affected in this case because we purchased it on account. And again, in real life, that would be very clear. We would know, okay, we purchased it on account. That means we purchased it on a credit card or on account. We're going to pay at a later time. So that, that would be clear. In a book problem, of course, we have to indicate that in some way. The way we're indicating it here is we bought it on account. So we did, did not pay cash for it. So in this case, I would often think about what we received next. So what we got is, of course, purchased supplies. So we received supplies. If we look through our chart of accounts here, we're going through the chart of accounts, and we find supplies. Uh, in our chart of account here, it's right under the accounts receivable. Therefore, it's up in the assets section. So it's up in the assets section and therefore it has a debit balance we got more of it so it's going to go up because it's an asset and how do we make something go up we do the same thing to it as what it is so if it's a debit balance we're going to debit it again to make it go up so the supplies is going to be debited by 960. we have this similar issue you might be thinking well why isn't supplies an expense why didn't we just expense the supplies and remember if it's if it's perfect accrual and we have substantial dollar amounts within the supplies we should treat supplies more like kind of we would treat inventory, meaning we're going to purchase it. It's going to be an asset if we bought a bunch of printer ink and it's a year's supply of printer ink. We're going to put that in the corner. And then when we use it, then we're going to count it and expense it as we use it. So that's going to be the idea here. Again, if we bought paper clips or something, we would probably just expense them, even if we're going to use them for an entire year's worth of paper clips just because of the dollar amount involved. So in any case, supply is going to be debited 965. That means we're going to credit something for that same 965. So we have our journal entry. We're imagining the supplies on top because debits are always on top. We're debiting 965. And on the bottom, we're crediting 965. We just need to know what account to go to at this point then. And it would be cash if we had paid cash. But since we didn't pay cash, instead of the good thing going down, like the bad thing we can think about it is going up. Accounts payable, the liability is going up with that credit. So let's see if that makes sense. We're gonna credit accounts payable. And if we think about what accounts payable, it's a liability. Liabilities have credit balances and we need it to go up. The bad thing is going up because we owe more money. How do we make something go up? We do the same thing to it, which in this case would be a credit. So we're gonna credit the liability. What's gonna be the effect on the accounting equation? 
Assets. Assets are going to go up by the supply. So the supplies went up, so assets went up. Liabilities. Also going to go up because the accounts payable went up. Owner's equity. No effect on owner's equity. No effect on the capital account. No effect on revenue. No effect on expenses because we put the supplies on there as an asset. Next transaction. We're going to say that we paid cash on account for that 965. So this is a later point in time. We bought it on account, on account kind of like we'd buy it on a credit card. And now we're paying it off. We're paying that 965 off. We can ask our question, is cash affected? And in this case, yeah, we paid it when anytime it says paid, we paid it with cash. So cash was paid out. Cash is going out. Cash is going down. And cash is an asset. Assets have debit balances. How do I make something go down? And we do the opposite thing to it as what it is. So as, uh, cash has a debit balance. The opposite thing to it then would be a credit. So we're going to credit cash. In this case, we're paying cash. We're going to credit cash. We're going to put credit on the bottom. So we're visualizing our transaction. We've got our accounts and our debit and our credit area. And we're putting the cash account on the bottom because uh, the credits traditionally go on bottom. And we're going to credit in the credit side for 965. If we credit cash, that means we're going to have to debit something. So we're imagining some account on top. We don't know what it is, but we do know that we're going to put 965 in the debit area. Now we might ask, well, why did we pay the 965? And of course we paid it to buy supplies, but we bought the supplies last time. We already got the supplies on the books. What we're doing now is paying off that liability. So that liability is on the books. We're paying it off. The other account that's going to go to the debit then is going to be accounts payable. If we think about why is it a debit, well, we know it's a debit because we credited cash, so that answers the question of it being a debit. Now we want to think through it. We're going to say, okay, accounts payable, it has a credit balance, and because it's a liability and liabilities have credit balances, we need to make it go down because we paid it off. The liability should be going down. How do we make something go down? We do the opposite thing to it as what it is. So it's a credit balance account, Therefore, to make it go down, we're going to do the opposite, debit it, making it go back down to zero in this case. So this is just like what would happen, of course, in a credit card type account. We, we bought stuff on it, on account, then we paid it off on account. It's going to go up, and then that account's payable account goes back down. What's the effect on the accounting equation? Well, assets are going to decrease in this case because we paid cash out. Liabilities are also going to decrease in this case because now the accounts payable account is going down and there's no effect on owner's equity, meaning no effect on the capital account, no effect to revenue, no effect to expenses. Next transaction, purchase auto service on account. Okay, so now first question, is cash affected? And in this case, we're going to say, no, it's not affected. How do we know? Because it says on account. So we, we bought something kind of like on the credit card again. So we bought it kind of like on the credit card. So cash is not affected. Oftentimes, then again, I would think about what we got. What did we get then? And we purchased auto services. So auto services, we're thinking something like an oil change or something like that. Then if we go through our chart of accounts, we'd see, mm, how about auto expense possibly would be an area we can put that. Now, we might have seen auto as, a, as an asset as well, autos as an asset. But note here that we're just maintenance in the auto. We're not actually purchasing or extending the life of the auto. So we're going to go down to auto expense. Now, expenses, we're just going to have to kind of memorize and just think about, know the idea that expenses are going to have debit balances. And they only go up in the debit direction. We only have more expenses. We never have like negative expenses. Yes, there will be ex exceptions, few exceptions <laughs> later on. But 
for the most part, all income statement accounts only go up. So expenses have debit balances, they go up. Therefore, we're going to debit um, the expense account of, in this case, auto expense. So we're going to debit auto expense, and we're going to credit something for that same amount. So we're imagining our journal entry. We got a debit to auto expense for the 470, and then we're crediting 470 to some account underneath the auto expense in our journal entry. What should we be crediting? And of course, it's going to be accounts payable because we paid it on account. So we paid it kind of like our credit card. Our accounts payable account is going up. And now we know we're going to credit it because we already debited the expense. But let's think it through and see if that makes sense. So we're going to say the accounts payable, that's going to be a liability account. Liability accounts have credit balances. We need to make that bad liability account go up. How do we make something go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is. It's a credit. Therefore, the same thing would be another credit. And that's why we credit it. So that would bring it up to the balance of 470. So we're debiting auto expense, credit, accounts payable. What's the effect on the income statement? Assets. No effect on assets because this time it was an expense, not an asset that we purchased. Liabilities. Liabilities increased because the accounts payable account went up. And the owner's equity decreased. So owner's equity decreased. Why? Because expenses went up. And that means net income is income minus expenses. So if expenses went up, net income went down. And net income is part of the whole owner's equity or equity section. Therefore, if income goes down, the equity section is going down as well. All right, next transaction. We're going to say we purchased meals and entertainment for 1830 Meals and entertainment, we purchased it on account. Okay, so is cash affected? No, we, put, we purchased it on account. So we can think about this again. In real life, it'd be very obvious that we didn't pay cash. In, in a book problem, it's got to say something like on account or something like that. Therefore, we didn't pay uh, cash for it. Then I would often think, again, instead of thinking about the liability, because we haven't treated the liabilities as much, I might think about, it might be easier to think of what we purchased. And in this case, we purchased entertainment, meals and entertainment. So if we look through our chart of accounts and say, hmm, meals and where would we where would we put meals entertainment? We see maybe meals entertainment expense, possibly. And that's the one we're going to use. Now remember, expenses always have debit balances. We consumed it, they're always going to be a debit balances, they always go up. So expenses have a debit balance. We need to make it go up. How do I make something go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is, which in this case, of course, is another debit. So we're imagining our uh, our journal entry, and we got the top accounts going to be entertainment meals and entertainment expense it's going to be a debit of 1830 that means if we debit something the other account then must be a credit so we also are going to credit something for 1830 we just need to know what account that should be credited to we didn't pay cash so cash would not be going down with that credit we are instead going to use that credit to post it to accounts payable accounts payable being that liability account so we already know we're going to credit it because we debited uh, meals and entertainment but let's think it through now does it make sense that we credit that account well accounts payable is a liability and uh, the bad thing is going up because we purchased something and therefore the liability is going up and liabilities have a credit balance how do we make something go up we do the same thing to it as what it is well it's a credit therefore the same thing as another credit so we would credit that account and it would make it go up now the last transaction left us with 470 in the liability account now we're crediting it again by 1,830, bringing the total balance up to 2,300, representing two individuals that we owe, in this case, two vendors is usually the term. What's the effect on the accounting equation? 
Assets, no effect because we didn't uh, purchase an asset, we, per we paid for an expense. Liabilities increased, and because, of course, the payable increased, and the owner's equity decreased. So same as the last transaction, why did the equity decrease? Well, because expenses went up, net income is calculated by income minus expenses, therefore, if expenses went up, net income went down, and income is part of the entire equity section, therefore, if income goes down or net income goes down, then uh, the entire equity section too is going down. Next transaction, we're going to say we paid cash on account for the 470. So we're paying off part of that 470. First question, as always, is cash affected? In this case, yeah, we pay we paid cash. So cash is going down because we paid it, so that means it's going out. Cash has a debit balance. How do we then make something go down? We do the opposite thing to it as what it is. So cash uh, is a debit balance. Therefore, we're going to credit it to make it go down. So we're visualizing our journal entry here. We're visualizing the journal entry. We got the cash on the bottom because it's a credit to the cash, even though we're doing it first. We have the 470 in the credit side of the journal entry. And then on top in, on, and on the debit side, we are also going to have 470 because we need to debit something for 470. Now, why are we paying 470? I think this was that uh, the, the auto transaction we had before, but we're not going to put it in the auto expense because we already did that last time. What we're really doing now, of course, is kind of like paying off the credit card bill. We're paying off the expense that we incurred last time. We're paying off the payable. So we're paying off accounts payable. So we're going to debit accounts payable. That will be the debit. Now, we already know we're going to debit it because we credited cash, and that's why we do this cash first. But let's take it through and see if it makes sense to debit accounts payable. So accounts payable is a liability account. Liability accounts have credit balances. We need to make it go down. Why? Because we paid off the liability. Therefore, that thing should go down. We should decrease the amount that we owe. How do we make something go down? We do the opposite thing to it as what it is. Liabilities have a credit balance. The opposite of a credit is a debit. So we're going to debit that account. So we had uh, 2300 in that liability account. We're going to debit it by the 470 and that means we're going to be left with 1830 And just like the receivable, we're going to see that pattern, of course. We're going to say, okay, we charged up, charged up, and that's going to be credit, credit, credit. It's basically the opposite of the, of the receivable. So we're going to have credits as we put charges on the account, and then we pay it off, we'll be able to match up the debit that pays off the credit that was the charge. All right, so if we look at our account equation, then we have assets. What's the effect to assets? Went down. We paid cash. Cash is an asset. Cash went down. What's the effect on the liabilities? That too went down because the accounts payable got paid off. Accounts payable is a liability. Liability went down. What's the effect on the equity section? No effect on the equity section. No effect on capital. No effect on revenue. No effect on expenses. Therefore, no effect on net income. Now, I also want to talk about the general ledger and touch on that as it relates to some of these accounts as well. We've been discussing these accounts. We've been discussing the journal entry and the effect that it has on the account, whether the account will go up or down. If we're taking a look at a manual system, what will happen is we'll make the, the journal entry. We will then post that journal entry to the general ledger. Then the general ledger will be used to generate the trial balance. The trial balance will be used to, to make the financial statements. So the general ledger is the primary ledger which contains all the balance sheet and income statement accounts. Every account has a general ledger. So the general ledger is going to give the detail by date. So that's going to be the important thing. If you look at software like QuickBooks or something like that, uh, it, the general ledger type accounts could be called something else. Sometimes in QuickBooks like a transaction report, 
is often basically a, gen a general ledger type of account, meaning it's showing all the activity by date be that backs up the account balance. So if we looked at a transaction by account for cash in like a QuickBooks, it would be a general ledger type of account in that it would show the activity, the debits and credits to cash that would then end with, of course, the debits winning in cash in that account. Okay, so let's look through some of some of these accounts. If we looked at cash and the transactions that we had in cash in this examples, we can imagine the general ledger being that T. So now we have another T. It's the general ledger account, but this is the T account related just to cash. So just cash is T account. We had the first transaction where we debited cash and we credited revenue. And if we think about the T account for cash, then that means that the uh, 50,000 would be a debit on the debit side of the T and that would increase the balance to cash because remember cash is a debit balance account and therefore the debits are always going to win and if we debit a debit balance account then the debits are going to win by more and that's why it's going to go up the second transaction we had was we paid wages so that meant that we paid cash we credited cash on that second transaction so if we think of just the cash side of the t account then the cash's general ledger then we would be crediting cash for 30,000 so we think of cash alone cash his own little t account and we've got the debit of the 50 now we got the credit of the 30 that would be bringing down the balance of course because we know that the debits are always going to win if we credit it then that's going to bring down the balance next transaction we had is that we debited cash for uh, 28,000 and we credited receivables so someone paid off the receivable so cash went up with a debit so we received cash if we think about our t account we're going to debit on the debit side 28,000 in this case and that's going to bring up the cash balance because we did the same thing to it as what it is. Debits are always going to win. Therefore, if we debit cash, it's going to make it go up. Next transaction is we paid off the utility bill. So we paid cash and we paid the utility bill. So cash went down. So if we think about our T account, we're going to go on the credit side. And that was for $1,200. we are going to put that on the credit side of our T account related just to cash. And that, of course, would bring down the entire balance to cash because cash has a debit balance account. That means cash is always, uh, debits are always going to win. And if we credit it, it's going to make it go down. Finally, we had the supplies account where we uh, credited cash because we paid for cash for supplies. And that too, again, we had a credit to cash that made uh, the cash on the T account. We're going to credit cash to cash's general ledger. And if we go through this, then the debits will always win. That's why the asset accounts have a debit balance. Now, you might be thinking, what if we paid out more than we had in the account? That would mean the credits would win. What if we had some big purchase and we purchased like a car and we didn't have 100000 in the bank and we wrote a check for 100000 What would happen then? Well, we would credit cash for 100000 and yes, it would flip to a credit, but what does that credit indicate now? It doesn't indicate that it's an asset anymore. It indicates that it's been turned into a liability. We owe the bank for the fact that we overdrew the account. Now, whatever the ending balance is within the general ledger, that is the amount that's going to be on the trial balance. So we'll either, you can think about it, that we're going to use that general ledger account to create the, the trial balance, meaning the trial balance is going to be the sum of all the ending balances to all the general ledger accounts. Or if you're thinking about like a computer system, oftentimes we're looking the other way, that we're saying, here's the balance to cash on the trial balance or the balance sheet. And if I want to drill back on the detail, the main detail is the general ledger. That's the primary ledger. Now, if we do the same thing for the receivable accounts and we just go through our transactions, first transaction is we debited the receivables and we credited sales. So we had a sale for 60000 and we debited receivables. So if we think about the general ledger, the T account, its own little T account, just for that account of accounts receivable, every account has one, and we're going to debit this one. Accounts receivable is an asset and we debited it. 
that mean the asset that means that the asset is going to go up so we debited in this case 60,000 to the T account assets went up second transaction is that we credited 60,000 because we paid off the accounts receivable and credited the receivable making it go back down so if we think about the T account then we're going to credit the uh, 60,000 for that second transaction that would bring the general ledger back down. So we think, okay, this is what's normally going to happen in accounts receivable. We debit 60,000. Now we credit 60,000. If those were the only two transactions, that would bring it back down to zero. And then the next transaction is we debited receivable 27 and we credited revenue. So we had another uh, sale on account. Therefore, we're going to debit the uh, accounts receivable in our general ledger by the 27,000. That's going to make it go back up because accounts receivable is a debit balance account. If we debit it, it's going to make it go up because the debits always win and they're going to win by more and therefore the debit to a debit balance account make it go up. And then we had another uh, debit to 32000 for revenue. So we made another sale. We basically kind of think about sending out the invoices. We can think that we sent out an invoice for that sale. So we would debit in our general ledger T account another 32000 which would increase the accounts receivable balance. Finally, we credited 27000 because we paid off uh, I mean, we received some cash and therefore the accounts receivable is going to go down by a credit of that 27000 And if we think about our general ledger T account, we would have the 27000 credit. Now, if you think about a T account by date in terms of the accounts receivable, we should see this kind of pairing transaction. I should see a debit. In this case, I had a 60000 debits when we sent out an invoice. And then we had 60000 credit when we got a check in the mail that, that, that would cancel each other out. We had a $27,000 debit and we had a, and we had a 27,000 credit, meaning we sent out the invoice and then we got the check in the mail. And then we had 32,000 debit and we had, I don't see anything matching up on the credit side. Why? Because we haven't got the check in the mail yet. So <laughs> we're going to have to call that person. So, and, and of course the balance to the accounts receivable account in the general ledger will too be what is on the trial balance. So the trial balance will be backed up by the general ledger. Finally, the accounts payable, same type of transaction, except that accounts payable is a liability and liabilities have credit balances. So if we think about the general ledger account for liabilities, the debits won't be winning all the time. The credits will be winning all the time. Either we have an outstanding balance in the payable account or it's zero. Can't have a debit in it. So if we, th if we think through these transactions, first we purchase supplies on account and we credited the accounts payable for 965. So the first transaction, we credit accounts payable 965, increasing the payable because payables is a liability, liabilities have credit balances, and if we credit a credit balance account, the credits are gonna win by more in this case. And then we debited accounts payable because we paid part of it off, we paid off that 965, therefore we debited the accounts payable, we can think about that T account, we can think about the debit side being a debit of that 965, bringing the balance down this time because the debits are the opposite of what that balance is normally the credits will always win in a liability count therefore if we debit it the credits will win by less and make it go down next thing we did is we uh increased the, we credited the accounts payable because we purchased an auto expense so that means we credited 470 to accounts payable so we think about the t account we credited 470 making the payable go up because it's a credit balance account and we made it go up by doing the same thing to it then we had the meals and entertainment and once again we credited for meals and entertainment because we bought meals and entertainment on account and we credited the accounts payable so if we think about the t account for accounts payable we credited accounts payable making the, pay the credits go up by more and so we increased the payable 
And then finally, we debited accounts payable because we paid off part of uh, the outstanding balance of the 470. And therefore, we're going to think about our T account for accounts payable. We've got a debit of 470. That's the opposite of what a payable is. It's a credit balance account. Therefore, it's going to make the account go down. And the ending balance in the payable account will, too, match what is on the trial balance.